Yes, sir. We back. Mike, check one, two, one, two. Two, two, two. What's going on, y'all? Hey, how's everybody doing out there? I'm Justin Curry. I'm Deshaun Abrams. And you are listening to the number two out of my league podcast, Deuce Deuce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Deuce Deuce. Deuce Deuce. And we have a lot to unpack here on episode two of the out of my league podcast. Big trade talks, XFL kicking off, a lot going on in the association. So let's get to it. We need you. We need y'all to be the loudest, the most hypest fans. Show the support from day one. We got a, we, it's the second half of the season, but we know we're gonna, we got a lot of work to do, so we're excited. So keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that laugh kills me every time. Wow. <laughs> D-Lo is crazy. Uh, all right, D-Lo. There you go. Oh, man. D-Lo, love it, man. Love it. Trade deadline, man. Big week in the association. A lot of trades went down. Contrary to what people said, it was a lot of key pieces moving around, man. What do you want to start with? Yeah, I mean, let's let's start right here with the Warriors and uh, the Timberwolves. I mean, you got the Warriors getting Andrew Wiggins, 20, the 2021 first-round draft pick, top three protected, and a 2021 second-round draft pick. The Timberwolves get Jacob Evans, D'Angelo Russell, and Amari Spellman. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to categorize this trade as a win-win because I, I think— I like that. I like that. I, I think right now you have the Warriors, and they get— an excellent piece, 24-year-old Andrew Wiggins with Steph Curry, with Draymond Green, with Klay Thompson. Like, they, they have versatile wings that can defend the perimeter. Wiggins needs to improve on his defense, but they have very, very good versatility on defense. On offense, Wiggins averaged, what, 25 a game? He can score. He can score the ball. He can score the ball. Steph Curry can score the ball. Klay Thompson can score the ball. Draymond's not going to give you 21, 25 a night. He's going to get you... 10 and 10, right? A double double. Like he he plays his role. So the most important trade piece for the Warriors in this sense is that 2021 first round draft pick and it's top three protected. The reason why that's important is because and you know, general managers, scouts, you know, vice president of player personnel, all those type of guys, they're viewing this 2020 draft class as a very, very weak draft class. So this 2021 draft pick that's also top three protected, it held a lot of value because a lot of people in NBA circles view the 2021 draft class as very important. Now, also, in that same sense, the 2020 free agency class is very weak as well. Most most guys that... Fair to say. You know, most Fair of the superstars are already signed beyond that. So They got but, my man Cole in there, but you know. Right. So the free agency class, I mean... Your your top free agent, if you even want to call him a free agent, you know he's signing back in with the Lakers. It's Anthony Davis. Like he's he's going to resign with the Lakers, so he's not even a draft foregone conclusion. Exactly. So that 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 piece that twenty twenty one first round draft pick is very important for the Warriors, which is why that's the only reason why that trade went through. That's what they wanted in return. Now you flip it to the Timberwolves, they get D'Angelo Russell, 
a 23-year-old point guard. They want, they've been wanting a point guard to lead that franchise for, what, three, four years now? Been a while. Cat, Since Carl got there. Yeah, exactly. Carl Anthony Towns, that's his best friend. Like, this, this fits. This fits exactly what they want to do in Minnesota. And then a more Spellman. I like his game a lot. Nova versatile. Boy. Exactly. Went to Villanova. Versatile. I, I love his game. I loved him when he was at Villanova. I think it's a very, very good trade. And his sitting him right next to Carl Anthony Towns is I love it. I love the fit. So and it, I, I think this is a win-win. Like there's no clear winner per se in this trade because you get D'Angelo Russell in his contract, and then you get Andrew Wiggins in his contract. They just switch teams. And then the 2021 draft pick, that's I, to me, that is the most important trade chip or chip anyway, you know, asset in this trade because it's very important for that class. And I'm going to take it a step further. I think it's a win-win, but I think it's mainly a win for Wiggins. Hmm. Wiggins has had so much pressure on him since he's came into the league. He was a yeah. first first pick of the draft. Yep. He's had so much pressure on him in Minnesota, in Minnesota to be the savior, mm-hmm. to lead them to you know, a deep playoff run. And he's just not that type of guy. Like He's a great player, but he goes into a situation in the Warriors where he's not the best on the team. He's not the second best on the team. And he's arguably not the third best on the team because Draymond Green is there. And with the Splash Brothers getting healthy or will be healthy next season, he doesn't have to do everything alone. He has limited to no pressure, and he can just go out there and ball. Exactly. So I love this trade for Andrew Wiggins, especially because – He's been taking a lot of heat for not being able to get his team to the next level. And now that he has superstars around yeah. him, not just stars, but superstars mm-hmm. and the best shooting duo in the backcourt ever, I mean, he's going to have a lot more one-on-ones. Yeah. He's going to be free to roam the baseline. He will be open in the corners. Mm-hmm. like And like you said, he has to improve on his defense, but you know they'll have some length. They're going to be pretty good. Yeah. And for D'Lo... This is a win for Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, absolutely. Like Carl Anthony Towns has been wanting his guy on the team for a, for, long, time. For a long time. And you heard it right there in D'Lo's interview when we started off the pod. Yeah. Like he's happy to be there. He's absolutely. happy to be with the young pieces. And like you said, like D'Angelo Russell is only 23 mm-hmm. and he is a great guard and he can score. He can score a lot, he, but he just can't he, defend. <laughs> he, and Carl Anthony Towns struggles with defense as well, so that's the only downfall to this. But yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna have to improve. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna have to improve. Like D'Angelo said, they still have a lot of pieces Absolutely. left. Yeah, but I think it's a win win for both because both of them are happy. And like, they got I, younger. Yeah, they they got younger. And like I said, like Wiggins really doesn't have to prove. You know, I'm not gonna say he doesn't have to live up mm-hmm. to that number one pick because you never want somebody to, you know not reach their standards. But he doesn't have so much on his shoulders anymore. He can exactly. breathe. I wanna. I want to touch on that point with Wiggins in, in Golden State because I think it's important for us to realize the culture change, right? You're going from a mediocre franchise in, in Minnesota, I would yeah. say, right? Last, what, decade has been pretty mediocre, right? And yeah. then you get called yeah. out by Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler calls out everybody. Yeah. So. You get called out by Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I mean, that, that's going to happen. Then it was rumored that you and Kat also had issues. So mm-hmm. you get a change of scenery, right? So you go to a winning franchise. You're 24 years old. In Cali. In California. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you get to play alongside with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson. Best These shooters are, ever. Exactly. <laughs> and the spacing on the floor is going to be Insane. beautiful. It's, it's going to be great. It's beautiful. It's going to be great. And people talk down on Wiggins like he doesn't drop like exactly. 20 a game. Yeah. He's a cold 20 a no, game. No, he can, he can score the ball. Easy. 
He just can't he, defend. Easy. But I'm I'm telling you, the Warriors perimeter defense should improve a lot next year. It should. Because Clay Thompson's an excellent perimeter great, defender. Great, great defender. He's, he's always on the best He's player. going to bring Andrew Wiggins along as that. 20, like I said, 24 years old. He really hasn't had that veteran to bring him along. You have three. There's no yeah. excuse. That, and, and you get Steve Kerr. And like, you, you, yeah, you make, and you make a great point. He hasn't had that veteran to bring him along. and Because Wiggins was supposed to be the guy. Exactly. Wiggins was expected to be the guy. Yes. So he didn't really have someone to actually look up to. He was supposed to be the leader. Yeah. And now he doesn't necessarily have to lead. Mm-hmm. And he will learn and he will improve on defense. And he will flourish in that system. Exactly. I think. I think this is a great great win for the Warriors. And knowing how the Warriors operate, Bob Myers and those guys in the front office, which is the excellent front office, by the way, if they can get enough stock in Wiggins, they can easily flip him. They just flip D'Angelo Russell. Like, (laughs) this front office is so forward thinking that this is not excellent. This is excellent in the meantime, right, for next year. They're going to keep him next year, I I believe, uh, especially with, you know, the, the aged, you know, Steph Curry and guys like that. But the following year, who, who says they can't flip him for another excellent player and package some stuff with him? So it's an excellent trade. Um, I also want to get to another impactful trade in the Andre Iguodala trade to okay. Miami. So uh, this trade went down and... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before, we, before we get into Iggy actually going to Miami, can, can we talk about that finesse? He, ain't, oh, man. he, he hasn't, hasn't played, played a game. game. He been cooling, and now he's up in Miami. He never wanted to go. He never wanted. He to never. Go. He never wanted to be there. But now he's he's in Miami, yes. and he he's getting a healthy contract too. Man, two he, years with thirty million he's or something like that. A healthy contract. It's like man, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. That he finessing. My right man now. ain't show up to work for a whole half a half a year and still get paid. Man, he ain't never touched the court with That's his teammates. <laughs> I ain't got no teammates. Yes, <laughs> and he ain't get fired on his day yeah, off. Like he got paid. He got paid on his day off. Like we've we been doing this all wrong. Yeah, yes, Everybody. Sir. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, man. But but yeah, man. Nah, the Iggy trade, the Iggy trade was huge. Yeah. So um, you know, with the trade, it goes Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill uh goes to Miami for Justice Winslow, uh Georgie Dang, and uh Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters just got Cut, so he's now a free agent, and he's possibly looking to sign with the Lakers. Yeah, I seen the Lakers looking at him, but I don't, I don't know if that's. Gonna I don't like. Go I don't like. The, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, like that fit, fit and, yeah, I, and I, I don't, don't think. Like I don't think that's gonna go through. No, but, but uh, the Andre Iguodala part, I love this fit in Miami. First off, you have Jimmy Butler, who's a junkyard dog. You know he's going to get after you. He's leading that young group of talent down there. Um, it, you know, and it fits the culture of Miami, right? Andre Iguodala a champion, a guy that's going to bring leadership to them, him, Iggy, like, it's a really good fit in Miami. And the the young bucks that are shooting the ball so well, like, this is a great fit. That's the thing, like, Jimmy Butler has them boys hooping. Yes. Like, the young boys hooping. Hero, man, And they're pulling up from the parking lot. Hooping. They shoot that thing. Like, and especially at home, too. And I think with this trade, this gives them, you know, if albeit Iggy's healthy and he's been, you know, staying in shape, conditioning himself well, a great defender. Yeah. A great defender yes. on top of Jimmy Butler, who is also a great, great defender. Great defender, yes. One of, one, of, one of the better two-way players in the league. Exactly. Easily. So, and I think he has that mentality. And like you said, he knows how to win. He, he's, yes. He's been yes. with the Warriors. He's he, going to show them the he way. He knows how to win. 
He was finals MVP. Exactly. So, so, exactly. so we can't take anything away from mm-hmm. what Iguodala brings to that squad. And I already thought that they were on the rise. They're, and they're, they're home, good. They're, they're, they may home be the, record. I'm about to say, they may be the second best yeah, team in the East. Their <laughs> home record is incredible. Yes. They, they are a scary team Yes, they home. are. And yes. I think now that they've got this piece, I think currently they're probably the second best team in the East behind the Bucks. Oh, definitely. Because the Sixers are struggling. So, yeah, for sure. This, yeah, the Sixers are really struggling. But, but yeah, man, Iggy... Iggy over here to Miami, that that's a great fit for them because he's going to show them what to do, and he gives them an extra piece to exactly. add depth. Yes, yes. Add depth. And if he can score, you know, just mm-hmm. a few buckets a game, that's all they need. That, he, that, that's all they need. And he can, they're going to put him on the wing with Jimmy. Like, I, I just love the fit. I really do. Credit to Pat Riley. Like, the difficulty is Miami didn't have a whole lot of resources, right? They, they haven't had a lot of resources for a few years now. So... What happened is Pat Riley basically finessed the trade and said, okay, we're going to do a three for three. And you sent three players out and you get three players back. Like, that's the excellent trade. And you get Andre Iguodala in the trade. A healthy, not burnt out Iguodala. Like, he hasn't touched the court. He has fresh legs. And then you have a decent role player in Jay Crowder. Like, yeah, this oh, is a oh, really yeah. – Jay Crowder's a great defender. Yeah. He can shoot, too. He can shoot the ball, exactly. He can shoot. Like – they're, I think they're pretty stacked, and I think they actually line up very well yeah. with the Bucks. Now that the trade that didn't go through with this is that uh, uh, Gallinari. Gallinari trade. Now, if they would have got Gallinari, oh with yeah, AD, oh if, my yeah, gosh. If, if they would have got Gallinari, Pat Pat, Pat Riley's cheating. Yeah, like, like <laughs> straight like that because that would have been epic, and yeah. I think. Gallinari along with Iggy puts them actually over the Bucks. Oh, absolutely, in, in my opinion, because that, the Bucks that to, makes the Bucks to me one. are vulnerable. They they're, are. They're, they're pretty vulnerable. And even yeah. though I've seen without um, Giannis, yes. who also isn't playing tonight, yep. um, I've seen them without Giannis blow teams mm-hmm. out. But I think when the playoffs come, I mean, obviously teams are be- the better yeah. teams are in. And I think it's a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. They're going to pack the lane a lot more. Yeah. And I don't think Giannis is going to be able to do whatever he wants in the playoffs. And I think that they are going to struggle a little bit if, you know, Middleton and Bledsoe yeah. aren't stepping up, hitting exactly. their shots. and. Yeah. On their A game, I feel like they have to have a perfect game more so than not to win just because all the other teams are a little deeper. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Miami's a little deeper. Mm. I think that the Sixers, they might not necessarily be deeper, but they have the size. I'm they have say the this. size to clog the The Sixers middle. haven't put it all together, but I'm telling you, this team is very, they're very talented. Very, very talented. I think the, the only thing the Sixers are missing, truly missing, is a closer. Who's taking the shot? Who's taking over in the fourth quarter? That's what they're missing. They're missing somebody to hold them accountable and take over in games. And that was Jimmy Butler last year. Yeah, so. and that's the thing. Like, they're super talented. Yeah. They're young. They're super talented. Everybody knows that, you know, Ben Simmons is a walking triple-double. Yes. That dude can rebound. He can fly he's down the court. He's shoot that three. But, yeah, he's, I mean, shoot the three. He might not shoot the jump yeah. shot. Like, if it's, not a, if it's not a short hook or a layup yeah. or a dunk, he's really not putting them up like that. But... You know, he still has room to improve. Yes, he does. But it's just like, when are they going to take that next step? We've been hyping the Sixers up now. Yeah. And not just, you know, me and you, but a lot of people have been hyping the Sixers up for about two or three years, and we're just waiting on Mm -hmm. them to take that next step, and it doesn't seem like, you know, they can get over that hump. But also, you know, outside of Simmons and Embiid, look at somebody like Tobias Harris. You are now the highest paid franchise player in Sixers history, I believe, and they paid you to be that guy. They envisioned you to take over in games because they knew 
that Simmons was not going to shoot the jump shot. They knew that uh, Embiid. I mean, Embiid has a great inside-outside game. I love his game. He's very good. Sometimes I I don't know if Embiid takes the game as serious as he should. But I think Tobias Harris, he should be the one to take over in fourth quarter. He should be the one to lead the way. I think he's he's talented enough. To, and he, he can shoot. Like, he can shoot from the inside. He can drive. Like, he has all the skill set. And he's the highest player, player on the team. He should be the one to take that shot. And I'll say this, and then we'll jump to that Clippers trade yeah. also. But I do think what you said about Embiid is true. I think he gets in his own head every so often. And I think that they brought Al Horford over to, you know, help him and be that kind of role player and someone who could, you know, kind of just teach him how to stay out of his own head, but yes. also play the big man ball. Yes. And Embiid has the skills. We've seen the skills. When Embiid gets in his bag... He's a walking triple-double. <laughs> when, when Embiid is in his bag, yes. like, he is a dominant, yes. and I mean dominant post player. But like you said, I think, you know, he starts getting set... He starts settling for the jump mm-hmm. shot. They gets him, a little lazy. Yeah, they gets, yeah. He gets a little lazy, starts slacking off on defense, yeah. and gets a little, you know, upset, may start pouting if he's not getting the ball yeah. enough. So... I mean, he's just he's got some maturing to do on the court. Yes. And I think that Al Horford can help him do that because, you know, he's been in big games and he's been in the league for a while. So he kind of knows, you know, the mentality it takes to win and to to progress in the playoffs. Yes. And I think that's what he's there for. And he's a big body. Yeah. Like their their team is huge. Yeah, in a way, um, he, he actually called the Sixers out when he was like, you know, there's issues in the locker room. Yeah. You know, he put it out in the media for a reason, right? Yeah. Um. So, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, they just got cleaned up. Brett Brown, he has to coach better. I, I don't like some of the offensive sets they're bringing through either. I, and it's not – I don't – I don't know about the sets as much. I don't like the excuses. I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't like what he's been saying lately yeah. in the in the media. He's yeah. like, if there was a problem, I would be the first to know it. Dog, yeah, <laughs> you are drowning out <laughs> here. Y'all lost six straight. Like, yeah. what do you mean? If there's a problem, you, you would be the first to know. Yeah, huge problem. Be, Al- alert. Very big problem. Al- alert. This is also the same man that said he was going to get Ben Simmons to shoot the ball, and you know, this is where we're at. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and another trade that went down was the trade with the Clippers uh, and the and the Knicks. So the Clippers, the Knicks, and the and the Wizards have uh, agreed to a trade, sending Marcus Morris, Isaiah Thomas to the Clippers. Um, Jerome Robinson will join the Wizards, and then Mo Harkless and the twenty twenty first round pick goes to the Knicks. So the Knicks now have seven first round picks in the next three years, um, and they're still not going to be able to use that. Man, all right. <laughs> This trade to me was a little funny. Like it to me, I think the Clippers did this trade just to spite the Lakers. Yeah. I don't think personally that neither team if if neither team would have got Morris that you know everything would have been fine. But I think since the Lakers needed him a little more, not not desperately, but I think they needed him a little more than the Clippers. The Clippers got him just so the Lakers didn't have him. It's like playing keep away. Yeah. They were literally playing keep away with each other. Like, let's call a spade a spade. They, they didn't have to have Morris. Like, they're fine. And it's so funny because, you know, as you're reading reports and everything's coming out, you're seeing that the Lakers and the Clippers are always going after the same people. You know, Darren Collison, Marcus Morris, you know, people like that. And it's funny how... Whatever. Office office petty wars are hilarious. Exactly. Yo, know, the execs have a lot of money yes. to be petty. Cause it, yeah, they I like you said, like they're they're going after the same players and they're doing it just so the other franchise doesn't can't have, have them. exactly. <laughs> 
That keep away game is hilarious. It's, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. And somebody, you know, a character like Steve Ballmer, for him to be involved in stuff like this and making decisions, it's just hilarious <laughs> to me. It's like, can you imagine him in the, you know, in the room with all the scouts and everybody, general manager, and he's like, okay, I wonder what the Lakers are thinking. Let's, let's go after this person. It's like, all Yo, right. So what's the plan? Oh, man, you see what Palinka over there? He's like, <laughs> who Palinka? Who Palinka got exactly. on the scout report? Who we got on the board? Hey, man, tell him we'll fly him out too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring him to LA. <laughs> yeah, man. Tell, tell him we'll fly him out as well. Yeah, no, but um, <laughs> but on a ser- on a serious yeah. note though, like I think the trade will help them, and I I oh, definitely, definitely think it gives them more depth. Look, the Clippers are loaded. Um, Jack, you, they have two of the best two way wings in the league already. In Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You have a junkyard dog at point guard with Patrick Beverly. You have a junkyard dog at center, uh, with with um um. Louisville, Louis- I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, from from Louisville. Yeah. It's gonna come to me. It's Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. Yep. <laughs> Montrez Harrell. And now you add another tough defender who can shoot the three. Who's shooting what over fifty five percent from three this year? And like in Marcus Morris. And let's not forget about Lou. And then my guy Lou Williams. <laughs> Six man of the year, reigning six man of the year. <laughs> Shoot, should be every exactly. year. The way my boy Lou be coming in the yes, game, sir. getting it popping. Hey, man, Lou comes off the bench dropping 25. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cold. It's yeah. in his sleep. Easy. But, yeah, I think um, I think they did this so the Lakers couldn't Absolutely. do it. But it, they needed him because, you know. The, I think the Lakers needed him more oh, is what you're yes, saying. The yeah. Lakers needed him a lot more, but I think the Clippers needed him for the time being because you're trying – right now, you're trying to rest – both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on, on off nights and things like that. So Marcus Morris immediately slides in scoring and things like that. He adds some juice to the team, so it made sense for them. You're right, and I think um, I think I think that definitely helps in the regular season because yes. uh, yeah, like you said, Kawhi and PG have kind of been limiting their minutes mm-hmm. a little bit. They've been splitting games. Yeah, one will play, one rest, the other play, the other rest. You know, and, and then the shooting versa. aspect, right? Yeah, like, and in the shooting aspect, but I think come playoff times, we'll see. We'll see how it is because when those series get deep into like yeah. game six and game seven, we'll see, you know, teams start to get tired. Whereas the Clippers have a solid rotation going they through the playoffs. Very, very good. And, and, they're, and they're, they're rested yeah. because they're not playing heavy minutes in the regular mm-hmm. season that they'll be able to go all out and give it that 110% yeah. effort in the playoffs. And it's going to pay dividends. Cause we seen Kawhi do it all last year. People were, Yo, why is Kawhi resting? Why is Kawhi sitting? All these out. games, and then he got in the playoffs. It was lights out. <laughs> Different animal. Yes, sir. Same beast. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was lights out. And now you add a Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs with a Paul George, who could have won MVP last e- year easily before he got hurt. Easily, like Paul George was going off last he score, year. His scoring machine, and he can defend. Yes, he can. That's he, the biggest he, thing. They have the, He locks up your best yes, player. Yes, and, and Kawhi does too. Yes, they are. Too, they are the best. Two-way wings in the league. Period. Period. Like this, it's not even funny. Like Doc Rivers knew exactly what he was doing. That defense in the playoffs is going to be different. Nuts. That defense in the playoffs is going to be. It's going different. to be nuts. I I actually kind of want to see them play the Rockets because you know the Rockets score a lot of points. Like we know the Rockets were scoring a lot yep. of points. Harden dropping buckets in Westbrook. the playoffs. Westbrook walking triple double. That's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> I love Westbrook. He's a goon yes. out there, but. If he has to go up for a full 48 minutes against Paul he George, want that. Kawhi Leonard, and, and Pat Beverly, yeah, oh my it. goodness. He doesn't want it. And Yo, him, and, that, him and Pat Bev already got bad oh, blood. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, that sounds miserable. Like, for Harden, oh man. He doesn't want that. Oh man. Like, we're we going to see how truly talented Harden is on offense 
in the playoffs because if he has to go against the Clippers, he is going to have to pull out his entire bag. Like, he's going to have to pull out all the tricks, the best handles, the greatest step back. Like and you can get all the foul calls because and you know he is he gonna yeah. get all the foul calls. <laughs> yeah, cause I mean, cause yeah, he's get, he's getting locked up and they're making him work for it. Yeah, they're making him work for it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be funny. Like you know, in, in speaking of the Rockets, they also made a trade as well, sending Clint Capella and you know NNA to Atlanta. Um, they received Robert Covington from Minnesota. Minnesota received Malik Beasley. Uh, Juancho, Hermon Gomez, Evan Turner, and Atlanta first-round pick via the Nets. And then Denver got Gerald Green and money from Houston. And let's talk about the Rockets and this small ball lineup. I don't like it. I don't either. Uh, straight, I don't straight, think it's going to work. Dan Tony has always been a running gun. Yep. And so I see why he did it. Mm-hmm. But I just think at some point, if you keep trying the same thing over and, you're still and not over... <laughs> And over and over yeah. again. And, yeah, you're not winning. And you you have to look at the teams around you. See, the way I look at it is you, you can run your system, but you have to explore the landscape exactly. around you. Exactly. And I think he's so locked in on the Rockets that he's not paying attention to the other moves being mm-hmm. made around the league. Teams are getting better, and you're just trying to put up more jump shots and get quicker. Exactly. And like I said, like if they run into somebody like the, Cl- the Clippers, I think they're swept. I mean, they they can run a clip. I think they're swept. If they Russ can have forty, Harden can have fifty, and they still might lose by thirty. And not even the Clippers. (laughs) If they run into a Utah, if they run into the Blazers, those teams are going to get them out of the way. We already know what time it is in the playoffs. You already know how my God damn dollar, my God damn dollar is giving them buckets. Logo Lillard, yes, sir. (laughs) yes, sir. Logo Lillard out here. You already know how him and Russ get at it. It's always damn time. Yeah. So I mean, I just think that. Betting on small ball is just not. I don't. I don't think that's smart. It's Come not. playoff time, I think you can only score. You know, so many points before one. You have to play defense. Yes, you have to play defense. And two, if you don't have any big man, it's hard to get boards. So that means you're on the perimeter a lot mm-hmm. more. What if you have one of those games that you had last year in the playoffs where you started out one for twenty three exactly. from the three point line? Exactly. You are gonna look like a goofball. Yes. <laughs> like so, I. I I I don't like I don't like that because Capella was kind of like a rim a rim defender. He was a rim protector, exactly, and he was a great big man. It, it, they call him a rim runner. Yeah, yes. Like he he ran the he ran the floor. Exactly. He reminded me of like an Amari Stoudemire yes. type, which is you know Dan Tony's system. Yes. So yes, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not sure about that one. No, I don't like the move at all. I think that you know having a big space to floor for him. So now. You have five guys, you know, they added Robert Covington, so that's shooting, you know, that's defense, perimeter defense, and things like that. So they improved. You can say they improved on defense a little bit because Robert Covington can defend. Um, But I think that they took a major step back in their floor spacing. I think that, you know, obviously off the rebounds, defensive rebounds, blocks, like, they they ran out of all that leaving Clint Capella because he was you know he was blocking the ball he he could be he was able to defend and you have no bigs on the floor now it, the philosophy now is you have to shoot run and just gun. get back on defense run, yeah you, run just have to, you have to shoot and get back on defense yeah. because yeah there's there's not you're not getting many boards over the big guys Anthony Davis's mm-hmm. the Montrez Harrells yeah. like you're not getting you're not getting the Rudy Gobert's yeah. like you're you're not getting boards the the jokers like you're not yeah. get you're not getting boards over those guys if you don't have a big man and it's like you're really relying on the three ball you're hey, and if you're, you're those teams li- you're telling your big man get on the block 
There's yeah. nobody that can guard you. Yeah, literally. Get on I the mean, block. Live by the three and die by the exactly. three. Exactly. And he has been dying by yeah. the three a lot. Yeah. And I think it's going to be the same thing this year, unfortunately. And it sucks because, I mean, like like I said, I'm a, I'm a big Russ guy. I like, yeah. I like Westbrook. And he plays so hard all yeah, the time. Does. But I feel like him going to the Rockets, I thought that would help elevate them a little bit. But now that they gave up Capella, it's like... There's no I point. Like, yeah, I feel like he's, he's back. To, he's, mm-hmm. he's taking a step back. Yeah, so Capella got paid and hasn't been the same player, which often happens when you get paid yeah, like when, that. when you get your money, but it's like... I at the same time, I don't understand trading an asset like that right now because you're making a push for the playoffs and you need somebody of his size, his caliber to propel you. Like, you, you think Kent Capella's not going to bring his A game in the playoffs? Like, he, he can defend the ball, right? Like, he... The, he, you need a big. The, the playoffs is where you show why you got paid. You need a like, big, and they have none right now. Yeah, I agree. They have none. And I want to go ahead and wrap this up because I want to jump to the XFL soon. But with that being said, them not having any bigs, them being forced to play small ball, where do you think that's going to put them in the playoffs? Because I have them now from a top three seed, top four seed, to you know the bottom five, eight, which to me sounds like one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, they're definitely going to be one and done. Um, I don't think that they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. I also think that um, once they are one and done, I believe that that team is going to get blown up. And it may be blown up to the point where they even ship Russell Westbrook out. Um, you know, they gotta get, they're got to get. they obviously going to have to get off the contract. Uh, it's a big contract. But I think that if they lose in the postseason, I believe that their general manager, their owner, has had enough and that they've consecutively been losing in the postseason. They lost in the first round last year um, to the Blazers. And I think that this team is going to get blown up if they if they don't win. For me, I don't know if the team blows up. I think you need to get rid of the coach. I think there needs to be a coach. Oh, he's going to get fired. Yeah, that's, I, why they, they, that's why they didn't extend him. Yeah, so. I, I don't think the team necessarily needs to blow up because I think Westbrook and Harden are a great duo, and I think they can work well together. Yeah. And, I mean, he just got there, so blowing it up when you only have one year to really look at it, evaluate it, is kind of tough. But I think you need to switch the mentality. You need to switch the scheme. It's, it's not working. Yeah. I, feel, I don't think the small ball thing – I understand that it's not a big man's league anymore as far as, like, you know, dominant post players, but you still need to play defense. Absolutely. You still need some type of inside presence, and I just don't think that Dan Tony is really doing that. He's just trying to, you know, run up and down the mm-hmm. court. He's he's all about that seven seconds or less yep. mentality, and, yep. you know, as soon as you shoot, you just get back on defense because you're not getting a board. Westbrook, Westbrook will get his boards, but, I mean, it's it's just tough, man. It's just tough. Out of all the coaching years that Dan Tony's been coaching, I don't think he's ever prioritized defense at all. Oh, never, of course. Even his days in Phoenix. No, oh, yeah, never. Like, yes, Steve, Steve Nash, Nash. Yeah, Steve yeah. Nash and them didn't have the greatest no. of defense. They were just amazing with chemistry. Absolutely. They, they had amazing chemistry, so they made it That's work. They were a really good team. And I think Harden, I think the Rockets have chemistry, but I think Harden is such a ball phenomenal ball dominant, yeah. ball dominant player that it's hard for anybody to catch a rhythm because he's dribbling the ball so much more than everybody and, else on the team. And he's exhorting so much you know, energy on offense that he's really not playing that great defense. And you know Harden's not really playing defense. I mean, yeah. we, we know this. <laughs> I mean, he has to put up. 40 a game for yeah, them to win. Exactly. And I mean, exactly. that, that that's not easy. No. Like, that's not easy. So I don't take his scoring talent lightly. Mm-hmm. It's just them as a team 
in the playoffs. Yeah. Teams are going to body you. Teams are going to wear you down. Yeah. And I just don't think they got it, man. No. I, mean, I just don't think they got it. Look at look at Phoenix. They just blew blew them out. Like Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, <laughs> Kelly Oubre, they they worked them. Like, yeah, man. They they got them out the paint. Yeah. On to the XFL, man. Big launch this weekend. Big, big launch. Eight teams. The XFL is back, and it had a great weekend with great reviews, great ratings, and just a number of different rules that, you know, separated from the NFL, but makes it kind of like a pilot toward the NFL, man. Speak on that. Yeah, I mean, the XFL... It had a great weekend. Like there was a lot of people, especially in the scouting community, um, you know, NFL coaches and things like that. Tuned like, in. Yeah, they were really attending tuned in. games. Yeah. 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 Like lock like locking in, understand like yeah. realize who the players are. And I mean, the XFL had some notable names. Yeah, I mean, Landry Jones and guys like that. Like these are former, highly scouted Cardell Jones. Yeah, Cardell Jones. These guys were scouted and they were on practice squads and they were on active rosters. Like these guys were in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, I believe, and this is my theory, I believe that the XFL is going to end up being a really good farm system for the NFL. Um, the NFL has long I believe wanted some sort of, you know, farm system. Like it's easy to put guys on the practice squad and try to groom them that way. But you actually putting tape out there of, you know, you got former NFL coaches and college coaches, you know, stoops and guys like that are really coaching these guys hard. Like, these guys can groom, like especially like a young quarterback who maybe can't make an NFL roster right now. And you groom him young. He's like 23, 24 years old. By the time he's 26, 27, 28. And he has that presence. He knows, you know, how his reads in the offense. And he he sees, you know, the game speeds up to him. He knows, you know, he can go through his progressions. These things can help an NFL roster out, especially, you know, when injuries happen and things like that. You can bring somebody up and say, okay, you know what I mean? I'm going to sign this guy off of, you know, this XFL team. And I believe there's, what, eight teams? Yeah, eight teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to work. I, yeah, I think it's going to work. Yeah. And I think it's uh, been marketed a lot better this year than mm-hmm. it was the first time they tried yeah. to make it work. Yep. And I mean, off of, I know it's early and we've only had one week so far, but yeah. so far there have been a lot of great reviews. Yes, yes. And these are not just from, you know, viewership. These yeah. are from coaches. Exactly. These are from other players. Yeah. Like people are tuned in. People were watching these games. Like I happened to catch the tail end of the game and I seen Cardell Jones throw yeah. his two touchdowns. I seen him get those 291 yards. Like I seen, you know, I seen them win. Like they look all right. Like they look like they're into it. They look like they're energized and they look like, you yeah. know, they're taking this serious because they know like this is an audition for them exactly you got guys like matt mcglowan you got guys like sammy coates you got guys like donnell pumphrey like these guys were on nfl rosters they they, they know they know what it's like to be in the nfl exactly everybody's trying to get there yeah the nfl is the ultimate dream so if you if you can practice somewhere and get paid Mm -hmm. in another league and you're you're playing football like why not exactly exactly why not you got now the XFL did it did throw me off with some of the rule changes. Yeah. There are a couple of rule changes that I like to highlight. Um one being the extra points. They have mm-hmm. a one for one point, one for two points and one for three points. Yes. No field goals. Yeah, no no field goals, which I which I thought is interesting. Um the one point from the 2-yard line, mm-hmm. the two point from the 5-yard yep. line, the three point from the 10-yard line. Yep. I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting um the catches like yeah. going, going from two feet in the NFL to, to one. back to back to one foot, mm-hmm. which is which is a college rule. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought they would try to you know 
throw the keep the two feet in just to get them in the mentality of make sure you have both feet in bounds. Yeah. So I thought that one was interesting. I also thought the double the double forward pass is a really interesting that's, role. That's really interesting. But I think that's more so towards the you know where you this, you snap the ball in the shotgun yeah. and like you throw it to the slot receiver who's running across and then he can throw it again. Which I mean, I, the XFL is doing this to keep the creativity. They 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 know that you know more like gadget plays. Yeah, more like gadget plays. They know that this isn't the NFL, so they want to you know differentiate themselves exactly. yeah. while also grooming players yes. for the NFL. So and I, I, wanna, think, I think it's smart. Yeah, I want to highlight also uh, that the NFL can learn something from the XFL because there are no coaching challenges in the XFL. Everything, absolutely every play is reviewed in upstairs in the booth, which is important. Like, you can't get calls wrong like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You can, straight to straight to the booth. Ex- I mean, exactly. You're not you're not putting it in the coaches' hands. The coaches don't run out of challenges mm-hmm. if you know a lot of crazy things happen in the game. And no, nah, I think that's smart. Now, the the craziest thing that I thought, and I don't know if the NFL should incorporate this, mm-hmm. would be the overtime rule. Yeah, I'm that, not I'm not sure about the shootout I per se, but yeah, I, I, it's I, more I, of a soccer I, format. I I do think that it's time that the NFL do something about you know the first team scoring and winning the game. It, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough call. I need me. both teams to get a chance. I do. Yeah, I would love that. Like, give them a chance to score. Like, if the if the first team that gets the ball scores a touchdown, the game's immediately over. Like. So it's like, okay, you're challenging the defense to stop them or whatever, whatever. And if they kick a field goal, then the team gets a possession and get to score. I get it, but this XFL format is more of a soccer format. You get five chances to score, and whoever has the most scores by the end kind of wins the game. It's interesting. It's more of a soccer, like I said, it's more of a soccer format. Yeah, it's almost like shooting PKs. I don't you know, know if I would enjoy that as much in NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should do that. I definitely do think though that both both teams should have a chance exactly. to score, and yeah. then after that, next score wins. Yeah. Another thing I really like about the XFL's format is the special teams portions of it. Um, they they don't reward special bad special teams, so you get penalized heavily for like kicking the ball out of bounds for uh, your guys lining up wrong and things like that. So. Um, for example, uh, you kind of get penalized if you on a kickoff, if you kick it out of bounds, I believe that, uh, you, the, the receiving team would get the ball on your 45. So it's already starting off in great field position. I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I believe I'm right. Um, that, you know, if you kick it out of bounds or if you have, you know, a mishap in plays and things or whatever, like you get heavily penalized for that, and the rules, you know, kind of enforce that as well. And nah, man, shout out, shout out to Marquette King um, yeah. for punting the ball. Like <laughs> I used to love him in the NFL. That that dude was funny, man. Yeah. And he can boot it. Like yeah. he kicked like a sixty yarder in his first game over the past weekend. So nah, man, big props to the NFL. I think the NFL is doing big things. I think, I mean, not the NFL. Excuse XFL. me, the XFL. Yeah, I think the XFL is doing big things. I think that this week was a great sign for the season ahead and i think that you know eight teams is good as a yeah. start as starting out i think eight, eight yeah, teams yeah. are good in big major cities exactly. obviously so i think the eight team thing is good and i think that you know as they keep going and as the action keeps happening i think more people will start to tune mm-hmm. in because i mean for one it, it's a it's a great pilot program yeah for the nfl and two i mean fans just love football yeah I mean, this, you know, this is always going to be during the NFL offseason. 
Uh, and then you got coaches, you know, legendary coaches like uh, Steve Spurrier, like, you know what I mean, Bob Stoops and guys like that who are coaching these like, guys. Yeah, actually, They're actually getting coaching. valuable coaching. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And he, yeah, and these aren't just like slouches. Like, these aren't just like normal coaches. Exactly. These are these are great, great coaches. coaches. Yeah. Yes. These these are great coaches. And, I mean, people are tuned in. Like, yeah. NFL players are tuned in. Yeah. NFL players are tuned in. And I'll sure, I sure will be tuned in because, I mean – Football, football year round is great. Yeah. Like I can never get enough football, Absolutely. and I think the casual football fan would say the same thing. Exactly. It's, it's this is nothing like too crazy. Like whoa, this is nothing like the yeah, NFL. It, yeah. It's not over the top. It's it's football. Yes. And, and it's some good competitive. And these football guys too. they hitting out here too. <laughs> they hitting out here. They're too. not playing games. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all seen one hit over the weekend with the DC's team? I yeah. was like, oh, I'm fumbling that. <laughs> Yes, Ain't no way. We dropping that, bro. Oh, <laughs> dropping it. I am fumbling <laughs> yeah. that. I'm throwing that backwards. <laughs> throwing that backwards. Yes, sir. And I also want to credit Oliver Luck, uh, Andrew Luck's father, who's the commissioner over the XFL. He's doing a phenomenal job keeping NFL teams interacting with the XFL, coming to facilities, looking at guys. They're trying to bridge the gap. Like, this is really going to be the farm system for the NFL to really get guys time away from the NFL, but able to groom them. Um, so I think it's going to work out. Yeah, I think it's going to work out too, man. I think I, I hope for big things for it because I know, you know, it flopped last time. Mm -hmm. And I think this time, it, it just feels a little different. Yes. It, it feels a little different. I think more people are backing it and supporting it. Exactly. And so I think I think this is going to have success. So, I mean, time will tell, man. Soon come. For sure. Soon come. For sure. So let's jump to the NFL, though, mm -hmm. since we're talking about the XFL. Absolutely. It's only right that we talk about the NFL and Handsome Tom. Yes. Like, where's Tom going? <laughs> Ooh. So I am going back and forth on this. He's with the Patriots. He's, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and break the news. So yeah, he, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. I don't think he's leaving New England. I really don't. Um, I know people are trying to speculate. Well, he's going, you know, back to California. That's where he's from, or he's going to be with his buddy Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, or what have you. He's staying in New England. I I don't see a quarterback at that age. Um, leaving a place that he's been for so long, right? Like, won six titles. Like, you're not leaving that situation. Nope. I think Tom is – I think he's pretty upset with Bill Belichick in that front office, though, because they didn't give him the wide receiver help. They didn't give him the offensive line help. They didn't give him weapons to throw to. Like, he, he needs a supporting cast at that age. The thing with me and Tom is, one, he's the best player Obviously. ever. Yeah. Like, he, he's the GOAT. Yeah. But for me, it's – if if you leave New England, where do you go? Because yeah. unless you go to a team that's ready to win now, I don't think Tom is wasting his time no. with a team that's rebuilding. No, he, not at his like, age. Like, yeah, like I mean, let's just be honest. He has, I think, I'm gonna say two good years left. This, this is his two, last year. I don't know how he keeps doing it in the first place. Yeah, this is his last year. I think Tom wants one more bite of the apple, try to get seven titles. But I think that you know, there's there's major conversation right now. Um, in the Boston area, uh, about this roster because they have major, major question marks, especially at wide receiver and off the line. They just lost their legendary off the line coach and Dante Skarnecchia. They they need some juice on this team. They traded a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu at the trade deadline. That didn't work out. Um, you cut um Josh Gordon, um, you know because he was you know couldn't stay off the weed. Uh, again, and Shaking my head, yeah, uh, no, nah, I mean, it's 
they they're in a position now where they really really need to surround Tom Brady with some talent. Their defense is good. Their, their defense is elite. Really good defense. They need to improve it off the line. Really need to improve it off the line. And they need weapons for him to throw the ball to. It's rough because all the teams that have been thrown out as far as where Tom Brady could potentially land aren't better than the Patriots to me. So the Raiders, yeah, um, the Chargers, I, I, yeah, the Raiders, yeah. the Chargers. Although I think the, the Titans, Char- I think the Chargers are pretty good. I think the Chargers have a great defense. Yeah, they, they're pretty young, and I think they have a a, a decent offense as well. But yeah. I just don't see Tom Brady going anywhere and winning a Super Bowl. I think his best chance is with the Patriots. Yeah, so absolutely. I think he, I think he has to stay there. I, I laughed at the story that came out about you know the Cowboys possibly bringing him into Dallas. Like, what a what a slap in the face that would be for Dak. You know, that'd be crazy. I mean, <laughs> nah. Funny you should, you should mention that. Like, let's get into Dak. Like, what are they doing with his contract? And this is rough. I I don't. I really don't understand what the Cowboys are doing. Right. Um. Obviously, Carson Wentz got his contract. Jared Goff got his contract. Dak has been playing phenomenal for the Cowboys. Like yeah. he's been playing very well for the Cowboys. Yeah. And they can't come into an agreement of the contract. I believe he wants more than Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, which is fine. You know what I mean? Because that's what quarterbacks are going to do, right? Everybody wants to be the highest paid quarterback. Yeah. Nobody's going to get Russell Wilson money. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or Matthew Stafford money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers, money. Yeah, no. Nobody's going to get that type of money. But that at least deserves to be over Carson Wentz's money and Jared Goff's money. I believe he's earned that. I agree, and I don't think that the Cowboys want to do that just because they gave Zeke the phenomenal contract that they just gave him. So and he, they still have a lot of players to yes, resign. They do. Amari Mark Cooper, Cooper, yeah, like they they still have players that they need to resign, but they're playing in some dangerous waters right now. I, I'm telling you, they what. are playing in some dangerous waters right now. Here's what I'm going to say: If you were truly, 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 truly committed. To your guy that you keep on proclaiming as your guy. You better sign him ASAP. You better make him, you better pay. I don't understand why you didn't sign him earlier in the year when Carson Wentz and Jared Goff got their contracts. Well, I think the thing is, I think Dak's agent is overselling Dak. I don't know what the exact number is. Um, I, I haven't really heard like how high he wants it, but I think he's overselling. And the Cowboys are obviously obviously trying to come down on the the number. And Dak's not budging. So what it looks like to me is they're going to end up franchise tagging him. Yeah. But once that new uh, CBA, CBA hits, comes, once been... that new CBA comes, then his price is going up. Yeah, because... It, because Pat Mahomes exactly. is going to break but the not, bank. But <laughs> not only that, the new CBA, uh, there's going to be a caveat in with the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are going to have their own set of money. Aside from the team, because you know NFL owners and things like that, they're complaining that the quarterbacks are taking up so much of the cal- you know the salary cap. I mean, so they get they get paid the most. The money that's about to be paid to these quarterbacks after this new CBA deal, which they should you know, the, the current CBA ends in 2021, so they need to have something established by then. Right. Um, but no, Dak, like if he waits, and you know he gets franchise tag this year, and he's an unrestricted free agent the following year, good luck. Cause that money, that money he's about to get is going to be crazy. Unless he has a bad year, then it backfires. And yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I don't know if they're banking on him having just an average year, or yeah. they're they're saying that you know we need to see more from the team mm-hmm. overall before we pay you. But yeah, they kind of need to get that done because a franchise tag, you're still kicking out a lot of money yeah. for one year. And if you franchise tag him again, that's going to basically double. So you're exactly. gonna you're gonna have to pay like around almost maybe thirty five to forty mil for that next year. You're not he once Patrick Mahomes signs his contract, 
it's over for the rest. Patrick like, Mahomes is going to be the first two hundred million dollar uh, football player. Yeah. Um. So I, here's the thing, right? I think that Dak deserves anywhere from thirty to thirty four million dollars because Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are in that category mm-hmm. as well. So I think I think he has an argument to say, okay, here are my numbers compared to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. They're they're pretty much all identical. Dak had an amazing uh, Dak had an amazing right. year, like number wise. Yeah. Like no, he had number wise. He, so. he had a very good year. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he didn't go to playoffs, but that's another story. Um, but here's the thing. I think that Dak can set his number at $34 million. If the, if the Cowboys are, like, pushing back on $34 million, his agent, you know, that, that needs to be a negotiating point. Like, here's Carson Wentz's money. Here's Jerry Goff's money. My money needs to be slightly above them. And that should be the starting point. He's not going to get Russell Wilson. He's not going to get Aaron Rodgers, you know, that type of money. He needs to be smack dab in the middle, right above Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Has there ever been a situation where a quarterback sat out in a contract dispute? I'm thinking about what Zeke did, and Zeke's agent got it done. Yeah, so, I mean, what, we, what were the Cowboys going to do? Say, you know, we can move on without you? They, they need Zeke. Yeah, um, I mean, but... If, they, if, they need their quarterback, yeah, if, you know if, what I mean? If Dak sticks out, like, who, they don't have anybody they have nobody. there. They, don't, they have I don't, nobody. I don't know who their backup is, so... They have nobody. Yeah, so like, they, they're going to have to get this deal done. The funny thing is, franchise tagging Dak now is very, very risky. You have a first. You have your a brand new coaching staff. Mike McCarthy comes over from the Packers. You know he sat out a whole year. He comes over. You have a brand new coaching staff. Jerry needs to get this done. And that's the thing. Like I feel, I feel like the Cowboys. They didn't necessarily start over, but they're starting fresh with a new yeah, coach. A so, new regime, right? Yeah. Like, do they expect to go straight to the Super Bowl in yeah. the first year? I, I. I can't really say. I mean, I, I think they have the talent, but I can't really say. You know, it's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. Where the coach in his first year was just becoming accustomed to the players, introducing a new scheme. Yeah, like it's hard to learn all that in one year and just take it straight to the top. So if you franchise him now, not only are you you know just paying him for this one year a a great ton of money. Yeah. What are you gonna do next year if he becomes like an exactly. free agent? Like, what do you what are you gonna do when the new CBA hits? Like, exactly, you're gonna be in a bigger hole. So I think that if yeah, you're that, Dak, if you're Dak, you have all the leverage in this. Yeah, I think I think Dak has all the leverage, especially now that the season's over. Because exactly. If he if he says no to the deal, I, they they have to franchise. Dak. Yeah, exactly. They actually have to franchise Dak, and if he and next year he'll hmm. his leverage will be. Damn, they're unstoppable. His his negotiating point should be guaranteed money. You need more guaranteed money, even if the even if it's a two year extension, you want the most guaranteed money. And that's what I was I was thinking. I was thinking he could get somewhere in between the lines of like a Kirk Cousins did. Yeah. Like Kirk Cousins had a, a fully, fully guaranteed, guaranteed contract, so he's not going to get that. But well, eight eight eighty four million was yeah. a lot, and Minnesota is reckless. Yeah, for exactly. That yeah. Because Kirk's not going to get you there. It, I don't. I don't <laughs> we already know. Kirk coupons. Okay. Like, like <laughs> I'm we, glad y'all know. We we know it's Kirk coupons yeah. over here, Captain Kirk. But yeah, so I yeah I don't know what Dak is gonna do, man. I don't know what Dak is gonna do. There are a lot of quarterback yes, questions around the league. Cam I mean, Newton, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and I want to jump on the Saints real quick because I'm not understanding why I'm seeing that Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you need to let me finish. You don't even know what I'm gonna say. Look, man, people are telling me that Taysom, Taysom Hill is the new guy, the Look. new franchise QB in New Orleans. He's the future. 
when Teddy Bridgewater just went five and zero, oh, five five and zero oh or six <laughs> yeah. and zero oh, yeah. this season, this season. The funniest thing is when people talk about Taysom Hill, I immediately go back to that Spice Adams uh, video, <laughs> quarterback, yeah, coach, running back, running back. <laughs> front office, front office, <laughs> water GM, <boy>. water boy, <laughs> cheerleader, like. This man can play everything, and that is not that is not in the slightest a knock to him. But do I think he's the franchise? No, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Taysom Hill, no. I mean, if especially they, over Teddy. If, if like, they thought th- if they thought this highly about Taysom Hill, they would have started him over Teddy Bridgewater when they had a chance. Yeah, they it, which they did, and Bridgewater literally went undefeated. Exactly, he literally went undefeated. And I hope that Teddy Bridgewater this year goes and gets a a great contract from somebody in free agency because he deserves it. Yes. Like he showed that he can play and like he can understand the offense. He can make the reads yep. and make the plays. Yeah. Taysom Hill had, you know, <laughs> Taysom Hill would throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, run for a touchdown, punt, make like, tackles, make, make tackles. Like, like he's, he's all purpose. Yeah. But do I think he is the franchise QB? I, I don't, I don't see that. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the saints are going to draft a quarterback this year. That, that, I think, that I think that's big. A quarterback that, this year. That's big. I, I I can't see I can't see that because I you know I, if, well unless they get rid of Bridgewater if they get rid of Bridgewater I think they do draft well, a quarterback. I mean he's a free agent so he he can do whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, uh, he's unrestricted so he can do whatever he wants. So you know currently the Saints have zero quarterbacks on their roster uh, signed. Uh, oh yeah, because Drew yeah because yeah, exactly. Drew Brees not yeah he's a free agent. So I think the route they're going to go you know their general their general manager Mickey Loomis. I think the route that they're going to do is they're going to sign Breeze back to one year, and then I think they're going to draft a quarterback. And I think they're going to bring Taysom Hill for a one-year contract. I think that's the lineup they're going to do because uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get paid on open market. That's that's fact. He is. Yeah, he's going to get paid on. Open yeah, market. I just don't think the Saints have enough to re-sign no. him for the money that he's worth right now. No. Like his stock went up. Exactly. His you know, stock. And the Saints have a lot of high-priced people too. They just signed Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas to a big, deal. Yeah, but then you still have Marshawn Lattimore. Like you got guys. Vaughn Bell's a free agent. Like yeah. they have guys they need to pay. So I think that that's the route they're going to go. They're going to sign Breeze to a one-year deal. They're going to draft a quarterback, and then they're going to sign Taysom Hill to a one-year deal. He shouldn't cost that much because he's going to – I mean, his negotiating point is, okay, I played every position, and the Saints can go, okay, well – We already have exactly, every position. Yeah. Which one do you want exactly. to play? <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, so-called, you know, he's the heir apparent to Drew Brees or whatever. We'll see. I don't believe that. Yeah, that's, They're going to draft a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, that that's very up in there. So yeah, with Bridgewater being out, um, Drew Brees probably getting yeah a nice one year, which I see Tom Brady probably doing the exactly. same. Exactly, he's getting a one year. Yeah, two. getting getting a, getting a one or two year. They they may need a quarterback. I just mm-hmm. I I forgot to realize that you know Teddy Bridgewater was free agent. Exactly. So he he's out of there. Yeah, he's out of there. Last quarterback I really want to touch on is my guy Cam Newton in Charlotte. Shout out to Carolina Panthers. What are they going to do with him? I'm hearing a lot of mixed things. And Cam says he wants to be there, but front office hasn't really came out and just, you know, made it clear that Cam's it. They have not committed to Cam. The head coach, the new new head coach, Matt Rule, has not committed to Cam. All they have said is they've had very nice conversations with Cam Newton. So what, what's going to end up happening is they're going to bring him in um, around free agency, you know, OTAs, things like that. Um, they're going to bring all the guys back and see where Cam Newton's at. You know, he had the uh, Liz Frank injury yep. uh, with his foot. You know what I mean? So that's a that's a pretty substantial injury. So I think what's going to happen is I believe that 
it's either going to be it's going to have to be a trade, right? I think they're not they're not going to cut Cam. No, they're not going to cut him because yeah. he's an asset. So what's going to happen is, I could see a team. I could see a team like Chicago. I could see a team like the New Chargers now that they're not bringing back Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Teams like that intrigue me for Cam Newton because you have coaches like Matt Nagy and you know uh, Anthony Lynn. Um, these guys know how to coach a quarterback like Cam Newton. Like you know Matt Nagy comes from the Andrew tree. You know what I mean that hybrid West Coast offense. Um, and then you got Lynn who they're, they're running a lot of variations, of a lot of different stuff, right? A lot of spread formations and things like that. Uh, you're losing Melvin Gordon. Obviously he's not re-signing because you know, they're not going to pay him, but bringing Cam into that, that light and you're actually giving him a receiver. I can't remember the last time Cam Newton actually had a reliable receiver to throw to maybe Steve Smith. This is facts. Steve Smith. This is facts. Right. I don't Cam's had a couple of just. Average receiver. So you bring him out, right? You bring him to the Chargers in L.A. with Keenan Allen and Williams. Big Mike. Hmm? You know what I mean? Yeah. And instantly you have a trio of Cam, Keenan Allen, Big Mike, and then you need to figure out what you're doing at running back. Maybe at J.K. Dobbs, maybe at DeAndre Swift. Like you got ha- you got guys in the draft that you can bring in a running back because you already have Eckler. So and then you already have a defense. You got Derwin James and guys like that. Like Shout you, know, you out got my dog. You got the Bosa guy. Like you know Ingram. Like you got guys everywhere, all over. You have talent all over the field. So you bring in a quarterback like Cam Newton that's going to run that spread. You know pistol, pistol yeah, you know pistol type formation. Yeah, you know, but they go into a lot of spread formations as yeah, well. I mean, he can throw the ball. He's, right, exactly, he, he has a cannon. Exactly. On him. So you know, you giving Cam receivers, which he hasn't had since Steve Smith. And I think that would be a great fit. I'm going to keep it a bean. I don't think Cam is leaving Carolina because Cam is Carolina. And me being from North Carolina, like Cam is Carolina. Like once I didn't, I never thought Kimba would leave. And once they got rid of Kimba, it was like, Cam, Cam is it. Like Cam is the Panthers. They were talking about, you know, while Cam was out, his backup was, you know, Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Kyle Allen was the next starting quarterback. And we see what Kyle Allen did. Folded. Quick. Yeah. Quick. And they had, you know, they had, had a good, they, yeah, what, good six games and then it was over? Uh, yeah. He he had average stats literally all the time. Yeah. But, I mean, to me it's just, I mean, they got run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, who was a beast back there. He's an, he's an excellent. Yeah, it had a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving yards. And yeah. I think, I think Cam will come back healthy. I think that they need to get Cam a receiver and this receiving class is very deep. And I think that they need to get Cam help on the offensive line because Cam is very talented. Like, let's not forget that Cam led his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, Cam was MVP. Like, Cam was a league MVP. Like, here's the thing. Cam Newton's very talented. Very, extremely talented. We know what kind of production Cam Newton had. What I'm going to say is, as far as your comment with Cam not leaving Carolina because he is Carolina, that... That was true with the old regime in the front office. Brand new owner, brand new GM manager. David Tepper wants his own guys. He wants his own guys. Marty Herney, he wants his own guys. And I hear you. And I hear what Tepper's been talking about as far as, you know, the rebuild. Yep. And, like, you know, yep. we're we're in it. And this is going to be a process yeah. and, and all that. But I don't think that where they are in the draft that they're going to get, you know, a great quarterback pick. And I and. I personally don't think that he believes that Kyle Allen is the future. 
No, he, he can't be. Like yeah. I, I don't, and I don't see any free agent quarterback necessarily ending up at the Panthers. Can't, to me, Camp has a, a lot of years of good football left if he can yeah. remain healthy. Yeah. If he can remain healthy, Camp can make a play when the play breaks down. Camp can make a play. Camp can make those throws in tight windows. Cam's a baller, man. Yeah, I mean, Cam, Cam, straight up, Cam is a baller. The only thing that's just probably scaring them right now is his availability right now, right? Like yeah, shoulder best, issues, the list, Frank, you know, broken and, foot injury. And that's the thing, like the best ability is, is availability. availability. So you know, it's it's one of those things where they could say, okay, we're gonna trade Cam, and we can sign one of these veteran quarterbacks, like Philip Rivers or somebody like that, you know, an Andy Dalton, somebody like that, and then also draft a quarterback. Hey, I'm not gonna lie, they better not get Andy Dalton. I will lose it personally, <laughs> and I'm not even a Panthers fan. I'm the not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not letting it happen. I'll fly down right now. <laughs> not so. Not going. It's not going down. That you way. know, because most you know most general managers when they when you know you're going for quote unquote a rebuild or you know you want a new quarterback, they'll typically you know either cut or trade the quarterback that's currently there, and then they'll sign a veteran quarterback and also then draft a rookie quarterback. So, you know, that wouldn't surprise me because again, Tepper's coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers, he has no cut cards. Yeah. Their organization has no cut cards. So if they really wanted to move on from Cam, it would not offend Tepper one bit because that's not his guy. That's not that's not somebody he drafted. That's not somebody he signed up for. He's making his own organization right I, now. I will agree with you in the sense that Tepper is very cutthroat. Yes, he is. He's very cutthroat. He is strictly, yo, this is what this is what's gonna happen. This is what we're gonna do. And he's gonna execute that. And he hasn't he hasn't and, committed. And yeah. He's gonna execute that. And the fact that he hasn't committed does, you know, bring a lot of cost to pause. Like, all right, what are, what are the Panthers exactly. really doing here? But I I think it's I think it's good. I think it's a process. I think they've had talks and I think they're gonna figure something out because okay. I mean I personally can't see Cam anywhere else. Cutting Cam Newton would save, I believe, twenty one million dollars against the cap. Which is a lot yes, it is. of money. But cutting Cam Newton would destroy <laughs> that that franchise, that city. I I I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I I hope it doesn't happen. I personally can't see you know Cam outside of Carolina, because I mean I Cam put the Cam to me put the Panthers like on the map. Like, yeah. He 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 helped you know keep them relevant for yeah. the, for the last couple of years. He's he's kept them relevant. Yeah. I, so well, what I'm gonna say about Carolina is Carolina's to me at least they're in a sort of a rebuild state, right? You have a you have a centerpiece in Christian McCaffrey, but Thomas Davis is no longer there. Lee Keekley just retired. Cam Newton could be on his way out. So you, your centerpieces in the franchise are all pretty much out the door. Cam Newton's the last one to leave. So, um, like I said, David Tepper, it, I, you know, it's, it's one of them things where Cam Newton's not his guy. He hasn't committed to him. That's not a guy he drafted. Marty Horney, Herney, that's same thing. That's that. That's not his guy. He didn't draft Cam Newton. Like they're brand new regime. They're gonna make their own rules. They're gonna do their own things. So I, you know, and I don't know if Cam Newton's in those plans. You're right. I see, I can see that. I just can't see. Like at the end of the day, I'm gonna stick to Cam being in Carolina mm-hmm. because Cam is Carolina. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I think Tepper is gonna Tepper. I don't know if he realizes. He might realize it and he might not care. Yeah. But I think he knows that, and I think that. The NFL is a business. Yeah. The NFL is a business yeah. at the end of the day. And I think Cam packs those stands. Yeah. A lot of people 
go to games because of Cam. A lot of people are Panthers fans because of Cam. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would just be that would be that would be something big. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. That'd be something big. Yeah. I think it's something that we're all expecting though at the same time. I think it's I think, you know, there's been enough talk around the league that people wouldn't be surprised if yeah. they moved on yeah. from Cam. There, 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 there's enough speculation to say, all right, this could actually really exactly. happen. So Yeah. So wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Quick hits, man, before we get up out of here. We got the NBA All-Star Weekend coming up in Chicago. Shottown is going down. I will be in attendance. What yes, up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, who you got in this dunk contest, man? We got Dwight Howard, Aaron Gordon, Pat Connaughton, and Derrick Jones Jr., man. What's up? Who you got? Give me Derrick Jones Jr. That young fella has some bunnies. You didn't see Aaron Gordon jump over the mascot and sit on the ball in the air? I saw that. That was magic. Yeah. And you still think that Derrick Jones Jr. can do that? Derrick Jones Jr. If he don't come out there blindfolded, <laughs> put the ball between his legs twice off the backboard, he's not beating Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is about to jump from half court. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know what he can do to top that dunk contest that him and Zach Levine put on a few years ago. That yeah. was probably one of the best dunk contests we've seen in a long time. Long time. Since Superman and Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't know if this one will be as entertaining because Zach Levine's in the three-point contest yeah. and not the dunk contest. Not sure why he did that. Questionable. Yeah, like, yeah. But, I mean, I hope I hope that, you know, this one's as entertaining. I think Aaron Gordon's going to bring it. Um, I do think Jerry, Jerry Jones. I do think Derrick Jones Jr. has bunnies. And I do think, you know, he can get creative. I definitely seen Pat Connaughton dunk. For the first time in Milwaukee's game last week against, or not last week, two weeks ago against the Sixers, that was a brutal dunk. That dude, do not sleep on him. He can jump. Oh, I know he can. He, yeah. he can jump. And Dwight Howard's Dwight Howard. I mean, he's 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 an entertainer. He's a, he's an entertainer on the court. So I mean, we never know what he's gonna come up with. Superman has left the building. Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't bring out that cape because I he don't better. see him jumping from anywhere not. outside the paint. Yeah, his, not with the back issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be serious, man. We might, I might need to sit him down personally myself. Like, yo, the Lakers got a deep playoff run this year ahead of them. I'm gonna need you to be healthy. Yeah, man. Because they they need him. Yeah. Just take a seat. <laughs> take a seat, bro. Who you got in the three point contest? Give me my guy, Buddy Hill, Buddy. But a little. All right, I'll yeah. take another Oklahoma guy. I'll take Trey Young <laughs> because Trey Young pulls up from half court often and he can shoot straight yeah. up. I mean, yep. models his game a little bit after Steph Curry, who obviously is the greatest shooter mm-hmm. ever. And Trey Young's been hooping yes. this year. Like yes, he, he has been hooping. Yeah. So I got Trey Young. My sleeper will be, you know, Logo Lillard, Dame Dallas, Dame Lillard, whatever you want to call him. Because Dame also, especially recently within I want to say like the last 10 games, he over a six game span, he averaged 40. It's ridiculous. Like what Dame has been doing is scary. Yeah. It's, it's actually scary. Yeah. And his three-point percentage has been crazy. crazy. <laughs> like, he's been nuts. He, yo, Dame has been hooping. He's been in his bag. So, yeah, so, yeah I think he will be uh, my dark horse if it's not Trey Young. I got you. All-star game, man. How you looking forward to the new format? I, I don't <laughs> – I, I can't envision what they're trying to do. I don't like how they're trying to, you know – I mean, I, I love that they're trying to honor Kobe – with the whole, you know, 24-second thing and all that kind of thing. But that's still play the game. They're, you know what I mean? I, they're playing the game. They're just trying to make it more interesting. Yeah. But I think that's what the All-Star – the All-Star game has always been, you know, we're going to score as many points as we can exactly. in the first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, we'll start playing some defense and yeah. locking up. So I guess they're trying to make the first three quarters matter. Exactly. Because – Basically, the first three quarters were just people throwing layups off the back. I mean, throwing alley oops off the backboard, mm-hmm. 
like the craziest full court passes and everything. So I get what they're trying to do, trying to make it a little more serious. And I love, love the tribute that they're going to do to Kobe. Yes. Love that. It'll be a lot of tributes to Kobe over the weekend, yeah. I think. It's going to be a lot of emotional things oh, coming sure. out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody put on a Kobe jersey yeah. before they during well, the dunk contest. Aren't they all wearing like 24 and 2 yeah, in the All-Star well, game? During the All-Star game. Yeah. I, I mean in the dunk contest. Okay, gotcha. like I, I, yeah. wouldn't, I honestly would not be. I can almost bank on somebody wearing a Kobe jersey. Yeah. To do a dunk, especially a dunk. that Kobe won a dunk contest. Yeah, so. yeah, to to do a dunk contest, so yeah. I could I could kind of see that as well. But um, the All Star game, we'll we'll see how the format is. I kind of like it. The first one, to, you know, um, the they it's they're gonna add twenty four points to the total. Whoever has basically the highest score yeah. going into the fourth, and then whoever scores that, whoever hits that number first wins the game. So I kind of like that. I kind of see what they're doing. No shot clock in the fourth quarter, so. It's almost like they're playing 21, Basically. in a sense, to me. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah. see We'll see how it goes. Yep. Yeah, that's going to do it for us today. We want to thank all of y'all for tuning in for Episode 2 of the Out of My League podcast. Next week, Episode 3 is dropping. We're going to hear from Justin about his experience in Chi-Town for the All-Star Weekend. And we're going to have all the latest headlines and everything in the sports world. So, again, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Everybody, we need you to like, share, review. Please, please, please do that for your boys. Shout us out. And everybody, have a good week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy yourself. Stay out of trouble. We out. Really thought it ain't no debate. No way, ain't no escape. Big dog eating off the plate. Cool breeze marks with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Rocked up more than Serena. Wife a baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a leader. I'm at the wood, I said I would get. No mediocre, I'm feeling like Tip. Sound like to me, we got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is a swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no Addy. This is the wave to give them the feeling. Rappers be capping, no, I don't feel you. Feel like the man when I walk through the building. Too many scars and spiritual healing. I got a million dreams. I got a million schemes. We going crazy, we going crazy. We got the winning team. After a year, they thought I fell off. I say the jokes on you. Making them plays, making them moves. Good with that ink, Jaru. Reloaded back with the clips. Hammer, I'm too legit. Too much torch, I'm lit. Too much torch, I'm lit. What you gonna do with me?